We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Podcast. I'm your host, Carlo Navas, and with me today, we have the reality check master, Tiffany Meeks. Hello, hello, hello. How are we doing, Tiff? I'm good. How are you? I exhausted. Today has been uh, today has been a doozy <laughs> since like eight in the morning. We're gonna get into all of that. Joining us Sweet. again this season, our homie, our friend, the great Rohan Nadkardi from SI. How are you, sir? I'm great. How are you guys? Um, good, good. Head spinning. Listen, we have so much shit to get to today. Uh, before we do any of that, as always, I would love to thank our Twitch audience here on twitch.tv slash MIHeepy. Thank you so much for your patronage. Thank you for coming by in the offseason when in reality, I mean, listen, you could be you could be going listening to other people talk about Kevin Durant and everything that's going on that are, you know, but thank you for coming by always to, to hear us have fun and to give a Miami perspective. Uh, thank you to our YouTube audience as well. You guys shout you out all the time. Uh, hit subscribe. Listen, I always say this. The algorithm is our number one enemy. If you hit like or subscribe, that helps us a lot. Uh, I feel like such a YouTuber saying that, but legit, it goes a long way. And I thank you guys uh, so much for that. And of course, our pod audience and the great folks at Blue Wire who have been uh, just the fucking greatest. Uh, <laughs> Kevin Jones, uh, Ty, everybody, Sam, Misfindiari, all our all our friends over there. Also, last thing, shop.miamiheapy.com. Do you have your MHP Pride merch? Do you? You should get, get it. Get it. Get it. It's, it's sitting in my mailbox because I was traveling for a few days, by the way. So let's go. Join me. Make the let's purchase. Let's go. Thank you, Rohan. We're donating to two charities. We We're donating to, to, to kids in Long Island, New York, uh, near where Tiffany's from. That's near and dear to her heart. And of course, the Pulse One Foundation here in Florida. So 100% of your dollars go to that. So those two organizations, 100% of your money goes to helping causes that are important, and especially during this time. So without further ado, we have a leak to talk about. Rohan, where do you want to Wait, start? Before we even, before, I, yeah. can I tell you where I want to start? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Listen, I'm coming out of this podcast because, you know, Johnny and I go way back. But let me just put it this way. 
Uh, I have beef with Heat Beat right now. All right. What do we do? And, you know, I know that this is a different show. This is the adult show. I can't help but notice that Alf is ducking me. (laughs) Most of the Hangover Time crew is ducking me. Uh, You know, Tiff at least was brave enough to show up here. But, you know, I had some words with Alf about one of the episodes that he put up after the Bucks series. And I said, let's hash it out in the show. I haven't gotten an invite back to that particular program. Whoa. And, uh, you know, we've been light on guests too. So, (laughs) (laughs) so, uh, wow. This is, uh, this is development. I'm just waiting. I'm, you know, more than happy to talk to you guys, certainly, but I'm just waiting for some of the hangover time crew to, uh, Wow, in my face. Yeah, because we got got I'm here. You have you you there's a lot of beef going on with you and hangover time. I mean with Greg Cody's son (laughs) and now Al Right. At least I should, hey, I'm here. I, I yeah, got true. you. I got That's you. You're, you're, you're going to get that invite real soon. You're going to get that. <laughs> Tiff, to Tiff and Siobhan are brave. They they veer outside I'm of like, hangover time. I'm like writing down quotes about shit. <laughs> like, That's like you're taking notes and shit. And I'm like, what am I doing? I'm taking this way too seriously. <laughs> no, you should. Somebody needs to hold them accountable because I'm scared of them. I've always said I'm, I work, I work for Alf. I don't, you know what I mean? Like people may think, oh, you know, they call me boss man 999 or boss man 99. I, I, that's not me. It's Alf. Alf. I am Alf's employee. He's this is all ruse. Alf. Alf is lucky. I'm letting him stay in my city. All right? <laughs> oh. Coral Springs. <laughs> I might be in Los Angeles physically, but I still run the nine five four. That's my territory. It's my block. That's my corner. Alf's just renting. All yeah, right? that's, all I, that's all I gotta say. Rohan runs Coral Alf's Springs. Lucky. Alf's lucky. I'm letting him keep that nine five four in his handle. Oh, listen, we we're Alf. You you. It's it's been called out. Settle this. Uh, on hangover time shots fired shots 100 fired uh rohan speaking of shots kevin durant last night absolutely stellar completely and we're listen we're gonna talk rohan's chris bosh interview we're gonna talk rohan's Dwayne wade interview we just have to get through the last 24 hours of the nba yes. which has i think mean, we're gonna go bang 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 rohan what kevin durant did last night Best performance I've seen out of a player since what Jimmy Butler did in Game Five, and it's to me to me that was one of the greatest Finals performances I've ever seen in my life. And Durant absolutely matched that and didn't look exhausted at the end like like Jimmy. I mean, like I I can't get over that. It was incredible to watch, and man, I just really love the playoffs because it it backs people into corners and it breeds greatness. That's really what it does, and I you know I unabashedly love it. Uh, it's the most enjoyable time for me as a basketball fan. And the thing with Durant is he's, you know, there's always like stupid conversations about superstars. Right. And having said that, like almost every superstar has a bad playoff game on the resume. Kawhi has game seven last year in the bubble against the nuggets. LeBron has a couple. Certainly we remember, uh, <laughs> I mean, Dwayne Wade, Dwayne yeah. Wade has had, you know, his own struggles. Uh, we can go up and down the list. You know, Kobe's had games. Even they're just every every superstar has had that memorable bad game, right? Where you're like, "What was going on with them this night?" You know, etc. Durant, I don't think he's ever had that. I, I don't think he's ever been in a situation where he didn't deliver. Which is why I understand when people were. I don't know who was calling it this. I really don't like. Sometimes like Twitter conversations like really just come out of nowhere. Like people are creating a fake person. 
I don't know who's calling this a legacy game for Durant. I really don't. Probably Skip Bayless. I kind of, <laughs> I kind of understand <laughs> the idea of like, oh, it's been a long time since we've seen him have to be the lead guy, you know, on a team with, you know, he was on the board obviously, it. and then now he does Harden. Yeah, but I don't think he needed as much as those guys. But even if he didn't, what he did, man, playing every minute, it, I. It's that's the stuff I love to see. It really is just inspiring to me because you know the sacrifices these people go through, especially this year, especially him coming off that Achilles injury and being hurt this season. And mm-hmm. for sure. And I, what I love about those moments, even Harden, who catches a lot of shit, is like they care. That, that what I love about those performances is you see how much they care. You see how much they want to win for their teammates. How important it is them to win, etc. And yeah, he just he entered one of those modes where you were like. How has anyone ever stopped him from scoring? Like, how has anyone ever played defense against him? What in the world can you do to stop a guy like this? And it was it was awesome to watch. It was awesome to watch. It kind of remind like I, I I'm so I'm watching this game uh, through you know as a perspective of a Heat fan, right? As somebody who covers a Heat, and I'm I'm thinking remembering Jimmy's performance in the vine. Cause that's what I kept thinking of. I'm like a dude who has nothing around. Him. I mean, Durant had nothing around him. Harden couldn't move, right? That, that hamstring is clearly not well. He, he could not move. The guys around him are not giving him too much. Right? A lot of Bruce Brown and screening actions. And the dude said played every minute because everybody knew that he could not leave the foot. Just like Jimmy, right? Just j- remember guys, Jimmy could not leave the floor without it being a fucking catastrophe. And that's what it felt like. And it's like, man, like these these kind of, I mean, yeah, maybe legacy performances thrown around too much, but it legit felt like a defining career moment for a guy that has so many. And and it's just, man, it's fucking cool to see that. We saw history last night, and it's cool that you knew it was happening in real time. When he hit that three to put them up, I, I got out of my chair and I just started like pacing around the house. I was like, holy shit, this guy's amazing. Tiff, he's good, right. man. Tiff, he's good. No, he he he's no, he's great. He he's great. I just think that like we always like we like to throw around all these words like this is a this is a career defining moment. This is this. This is that. Um, he just went out there and played. That's what I enjoyed. He didn't try to do too much. He just did his. He played his game. His game is I'm going to put you in an awkward position on defense. And see if you can stop me. See if you want to double me. Let me get in the post. Let me see what happens. He played his complete game. And the problem is his complete game was better than anybody else's game on the other team. In the league. And no one. Yeah, in the league. But if you just look at it on on, on on the micro level, him versus the Bucks, who was going to step up? And that's basically what he was asking with his play. Who's going to step up and cha- and meet me at the apex? Because this is where I am. Who's going to join me? And sadly, nobody joined him. So it was kind of as if he had like his own re-coming out party to the league. Like y'all, y'all must have forgot about me kind of thing. Well, I think you bring up such a great point about how he played within himself and plays his game. What I really love about Durant is he doesn't get cute with anything. Mm -hmm. He just goes, he just goes and he just, he's obviously so confident in knowing how good he is and how unfair he is. And I think so many other times, you know, you watch like there are games where you're like, I wish Kawhi was asserting himself a little bit more right here. I even wish LeBron was asserting himself a little bit more right here, 
Whereas Katie's like, yeah, I'm a scorer and I know no one can stop me. And I'm going to do like mm-hmm. go to the same spot every time and wait until you make an adjustment. And it's really incredible to watch. I, I think Durant for better or worse, like he doesn't and Kawhi's like this a little bit too. Like they don't really play the narrative game as much um, as other guys do. And I like guys who play the narrative game and it makes my job fun. Right. <laughs> like, it's true. Like, you know, LeBron, for better or worse, you know, feeds into. He understands. The, the, yeah. Mm-hmm. He feeds into the MJ debate. Like he wants to be called the goat. Like he puts things out there. And I know some, some people roll their eyes at it. Like, I think it's fun. I just think it's fun. Whereas like Durant, like, like Tiff mentioned, like he just goes out and hoops and knows how good he is. And it's just like, wait, it's like, he's just waiting for someone to stop him. That's what right. it feels like sometimes. And, like last night was a perfect example of that. Like he just, he just went and did it. Like you said, he played his game. It wasn't, I don't think we were even watching it and we're like, whoa, like Kevin Durant's going to some crazy level or like, like you mentioned, like it, he wasn't like, obviously I'm sure he was fatigued. And I think there's a reason why Harden was handling the ball a little bit more at the end, but right, it didn't look like it was this. It's know, scary. Yeah. It's scary. It- because it was um, in so many ways, if you once you started watching by the by the late third, you started to notice it was effortless. Yeah, he makes it look easy. And the lack of competent defense, <laughs> it you can you could see he was almost like a kid in a candy store. Can Giannis, get, can Giannis get around a screen like, please? Can he navigate? Uh, can he navigate a Bruce Brown screen? I I don't understand what's going on here. I, I mean, I I've been not not to like rehash Hangover time last night, but like, goddamn, dude, you're you are the most special gifted defensive player in the league, and like, really, like you're having issues. I I don't know. It's just it it was the the Bucks were frustrating I, I, on that. I, yeah, I really go back and forth on the honest thing because I completely understand that he's not the defensive player of the year because he's a lockdown perimeter guy and he, you know, the secret to the Bucks defense. I mean, he had moments even in last night's game where they did, you know, were trapping Durant, did try to get the ball out of Durant's hands a tiny bit. And Giannis was scrambling out of the, all over the floor, you know, denying a paint look. I, I wish I remember the play, but there's, you know, one play where he meets someone in the paint and uh, kind of saves a possession at the same time. What do we want to see? We want to see LeBron guard the best guy. We want to see Jimmy yeah. Butler guard the best guy. Yeah. We want to see Kawhi guard the best guy. And you you kind of want – I understand that people are like, it's going to put Brooke Lopez in X position. It's going to do Y to the team defense, whatever. That's an easy solution just, to that, Rohan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you would just like to see – Yeah, I know that Giannis tried it the first couple games, but kind of like what Kawhi did against Doncic, right, where he'd have stretches where he guarded Doncic earlier in that series, and then later he just was like, i got to take him, and we're not doing the soft switches anymore. You'd like to see Giannis right. at least try that and see right. if he can They worked on it all year. That. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And you right. just – you just Well, and, and – Go ahead, Tiff. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, because I know, you know, we we always hammer it home. It's like, this is what we want to see. There's also like, there's a part of me that also knows that behind the scenes, there's so many things that go into all these defensive schemes where it's like, yeah, you want to see 
Giannis on KD. But then there's also something that maybe one of those bench coaches saw from games one, two, uh, what game was that? Uh, Four? Yeah. So games one, two, and three that they saw where KD went mano a mano with Giannis and it didn't work out. Mm-hmm. And let's be realistic. These are still humans and we're dealing with egos. We're dealing with emotions and all these things. And not for nothing, the way that I see Giannis struggling with free throws, you can't tell me there wouldn't be an adverse effect on him if he's repeatedly getting cooked. That will affect him on the offensive end. And just the fact that KD basically put them on his back, brought them back, took the lead. And didn't we notice how all of a sudden Giannis got out of rhythm on offense? Because it's the threat of, oh my God, what did, what just happened? He couldn't catch that perfect pass that Chris Middleton gave to him because you know what? I Maybe there's the fear of going to the free throw line. Chris got to shoot that. Chris had to shoot Chris that. Had to shoot that. Chris had to shoot he that. He did, but you know what? He, he didn't, didn't shoot it. Yeah. So we, we have to be realistic and say... Uh, it wasn't it wasn't, a, it wasn't, it wasn't an egregious play. pass, but it I'm just... It wasn't a bad play. Yeah. It was a good pass, and it, it made was, sense. It but, made sense to him. Yeah. So let's be realistic. Yeah, you want him to shoot it because he shoots it. But you, you, you know, okay. But he felt like Giannis had a better look. And I mean, honestly... Giannis on, you know, Jeff Reed on the block. Like, that's a matchup you want. Yep. 10 out of 10 times. I get it. Yep. It wasn't a bad play and it's easy. It's very easy for us to hindsight. Right. And be honest, right. A, a good pass. Right. And, and but, uh, how many things could go through his mind as right. that ball is coming to him? Of course. Catch it, turn, shoot. Oh, I, you know, and it, it's, it's, it's a rushed play. And I, I'm literally wondering if there's a confidence part about it where they're not going to let him match up with KD. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I think he's a, I just think he's bad as a, as a defender of screens. And I, I kind of, I, I'm with you, Tiff, for a bit, but I also think it's just like they, they're so into what they do and they're like we like him as a help defender and we like our i mean there was a there was a play and it, it was like making fun of it it's like they're they're pushing the limits of drop defense you know the, right. durant's getting a screen at the logo and brooks at the at the three-point line and i'm just like what the hell are we doing like right so there's a lot there's a lot going on it's it just it gets me mad as a heat fan because you know they the bucks made it a point hey where's tyler where's gogi where is none every time down the floor 
right? And they were manipulating matchups all over the court. Forbes is flying around. They're doing a pin down. They're running all, they're running all sorts of shit to get the matchups they want. And all of a sudden, the Nets have a wounded duck in James Harden who can't move, right? That's Schmidt and Smolnik in chat says, is decoy Harden better than healthy hero, right? And they... Are, are posted, Last night he was. Post up fadeaway, right? And it's, I guess as a Heat fan, I, I just get, I mean, Brent Forbes outscored Jimmy Butler in the series. So I'm like, really? Like, he, I mean, I don't know. Y'all lost to that? Like, for real? Like, goddamn. Like, it, it, it's frustrating. And it's, I don't know how much of that is. I don't even know, Rohan, I don't even know how to explain that. I mean, they don't, against the Heat, they looked like a well-oiled machine that was prepared for everything. They knew exactly the matchups they wanted to attack. They knew exactly how the Heat switched. Because the Heat don't like switch everything. They switch a lot, but not everything. They knew exactly how to manipulate switches. They knew exactly how to get the matchups they wanted. They knew exactly how to get certain guys out of plays that they want. And against the Nets, it's like they're doing the worst possible option every time. I don't understand. Okay, so I don't want to say that the Bucks made their whole season about beating the heat. I, I don't think that's the case at all. I really don't. I, don't I really don't. <laughs> but listen, it was that, on the top three was, priorities though. I think it was. It, listen, that was a highly talented, highly motivated bucks team. I think facing a heat team that had reached a mental and physical wall. And that just happens in the playoffs. Sometimes we saw it happen to the big three, that last Spurs series. It just, it just happens. Sometimes you just hit the wall and that other team is so motivated and so focused in a way that you can't right. get yourself to be. And this series is a different animal. It's just a, it's just a different animal. And it, it it's testing them in different ways and challenging them mentally in different ways. I, I know this isn't even to plug this interview, and I know we will get to it, but just We're gonna talking get to, to Chris Bosch about the mental aspect of a playoff series and, and the reservoirs you have to dig into mentally to stay focused, to want to keep – to, to want to keep doing the next possession, to want right. to keep going, is so difficult and so overlooked. Like when we talk about fatigue, we only ever talk about it in a physical sense. We never talk about it in a mental sense. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just think that the, the Nets are challenging them in, in different ways and making them think in different ways that yeah. it, it just it's not coming as naturally to them as it was against Miami, who I think they felt got away with one the year before. And they had to they had to hear all the slander. They had to hear all of you guys for a year uh, talking about it. And <laughs> you see those bozos <laughs> on the Buck social media account. How many of you guys are blocked now? By the sick of them. I'm sick of them. Bro. I'm blocked by Dan Gilbert. That's my proudest block. I feel like if you were a real Heat fan, like from from 2010 to 2016, if you're not blocked by Dan Gilbert, I have questions. Unless you're professional like yourself, Rohan. I want to shift gears but a little I bit. A, I, no, go ahead. Go Jeff. ahead, G. No, I can. I, I want we are we are doing we are doing yeah Tiff you have priority okay. you're the boss okay okay and no I'm just gonna get on this just touch on this quickly because then it, it it begs it begs the question because if you're not gonna put Giannis on KD because sometimes you need to meet length with length like you just have to yeah. okay. you know like get cooked for thirty it's not forty. It's mm-hmm. not 45. Like there has to be some point where the rubber meets the road. So if let, okay. So Rohan, if they're not going to match, if they're not going to put um, Giannis on him for a significant amount of time in this next game, then what's the game plan? That's a great point. Tiff. And I feel the same way because 
just the way Katie is built physically, you know, Tucker had a good game in game four, although I still mm-hmm. think Durant got to his spots and just missed. Yep. And I think the Tucker is the kind of guy you want him to wear on KD physically. Like mm-hmm. PJ Tucker's guarding KD down low, not right, up high. Right. But that can only go so far against someone as talented as Durant. And then on you took to measure Tucker just gave him nothing offensively last night and gave right. him a place to hide. Mm-hmm. So I think it's got to be Middleton or Giannis. Middleton, I think, can do a credible job um, just because he has more length, right? Uh, I think he's better at fighting over screens than Giannis is. But the the real issue right now, it's crazy as it sounds, is they're really missing DiVincenzo. I mean, who mm. knows if Bud would go to Giannis at the five, but, you know. That's what that's the, the answer. The slight, that's, that's the answer. The, it is the answer. But even just the slight difference between DiVincenzo and Connaughton defensively and what DiVincenzo can do on that end of the floor, you know, because Connaughton's going to get targeted every time. Last night, you know, I think maybe they should have had Bryn Forbes in the game instead of Lopez because it turned into a track meet Mm -hmm. and at least try to get someone on there who can score and and Tucker's not doing it. You need to find a way to get hard and moving around, chasing somebody, et cetera. So I, I think it's as crazy as it sounds like defensively, it's almost like that you can only reach a certain point with KD I thought offensively was actually where they needed to adjust even more on that end of the floor. Like we can right. talk about, you know, Giannis on him, et cetera. Like it's Kevin Durant, but I, I thought it was right. more egregious what they were doing on the offensive end. Last I time. think, I think Giannis at the five on offense is really where you get more bang for your buck because on defense, oh, they've sure. largely been mm-hmm. fine. The nets are kind of well below what the, and, and part of that is like that they're injured and stuff. Mm-hmm. And Durant's just, I mean, what was Durant like a, a 10 of 12 from uncontested shots yesterday? I mean that, mm-hmm. and I think Tucker's a little too small to get a real contest up, but of course yeah. he did block KD once, which I, I could not believe it. I, I still don't. That I didn't mean, happen. Fake. Yeah. I, Fake. I love <laughs> DJ Tucker. He's one of my favorite players. So that was exciting for me, but yeah, I agree. I think that offensively is probably where they need more help than defensively. So I mean, I think that let's see. I don't think their season's over, but that was a gut punch of all gut punches. And Smith is asking, why'd you give Portis a DMP? I don't know. If, I don't know how much Portis helps you, although maybe on offense he gives you a little more punch. Yeah, Portis is gonna shoot unintended. <laughs> exactly. All right, he's gonna throw the offense Bobby off. Bobby Portis is like it's Bobby. Portis. It's, it's always Bobby off, time. He's looked off Giannis so many times. It's it's awesome. It's awesome. We spent a lot of time on the Nets series, but we have so much to get to. I, I want to go bang bang a, a couple things before we get to the Heat stuff. Uh, CP3. I, I I don't even is he positive for COVID? He's I don't. Cursed. I think a witch. Has placed a curse. He and the Clippers yeah. are so fucking cursed that that should happen at the same time. What the hell? Yo, that's horrible. Thank God he's listen. Thank God he's vaccinated. So that's uh, confirmed. Only. Like, cause I don't know. There's I think there's certain check like marks couple, say so, but a couple people have thrown it out there. Um, I wish I knew the name of the Arizona reporter who I think is I have, a great local reporter. I have it. Yeah, this is weird, but Jalen Rose reported it. Yeah, I think Jalen Rose would know. Mm. Um. So I think he's vaccinated. It sounds like he's vaccinated. Someone said he got the Pfizer in February, and I think if you have that level of detail, it would be hard to mess that up. John Gambalaro. Right. Yes. Yeah. So I saw that too. You know, hopefully the, the other series goes seven, and he's able to be ready to go by game one because that would be really, really unfortunate um, if he's somehow not able to go. My man's cursed. It's a horrible. Kawhi with a, an apparent ACL injury? I feel like you don't throw out the word ACL. Right, unless you know something. 
Unless you know it's the one ACL injury everyone knows about. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, why would why would you say that word unless it's... I, I think we're all thinking it and nobody wants to say it. And I'm certainly right. not going to be the person to say it. But you don't say the word ACL unless it's the one everyone's thinking. Who leaks that? Why would the organization want that out? I don't, I don't even know. I don't think that... I mean, certainly I don't think it's anyone in the organization. But who knows how that gets out? Who knows? Uncle Dennis? Hey, that's why... No, like, I, that's I'm... Why I, I, I'm asking you as a reporter, like how, like who benefits from that getting it like that so early? That's scary. Yeah. I mean, listen, that's why Shams is collecting two paychecks and I'm collecting one okay? that's why <laughs> at, at the athletic at stadium. Okay. Um, King. <laughs> good. Good for him. Uh, Alpha's in chat asking why you're talking shit, by the way. Alpha, Alpha, <laughs> bro, yeah. bro, listen, Tell him, you know, if he wants to talk, he knows where to find me. We're not going to do it in the chat, all right? Oh, look at that. Right the oh, yeah. oh. Shout out to Delusional05 for the two tier one subs. <laughs> Love that and appreciate that. Uh, yeah, Alf, Alf wants to unsubscribe. You can't, buddy. You're locked in. Sorry. <laughs> Coming out your check if you unsubscribe. I mean, come on. We got to support the people. Um, yeah, so I mean, the, the the news, all the coach firings, and then the, the NBA wanted to give us some happy news, and they said Lonzo Ball. Is uh, Lamelo. Lamelo. I'm sorry. Lamello. I, I want Lonzo here, so I'm I'm in, I'm in, I'm in my yeah. Lonzo bag. <laughs> okay, uh, Rohan, I'm gonna give you the choice on what we're gonna go do next, and we're we're, we're heat from now on. Want to go to your Dwayne story? Do you want to talk about your Chris Bosh interview, or do you want to talk about I, how Jimmy was wronged for uh, all NBA second team? I don't feel comfortable choosing, and I feel like you or Tiff should. Choose. Okay, Tiff, where do you want to go? You know where I want to go. I know where you want to go. I feel like we need to wrap it up with that. Okay, we'll wrap like it that up. Needs with that needs to be how yeah, we, yeah. that's need, yeah. yeah. So it's funny because I actually have um, a note here that I wrote down based on your Chris Bosch interview, and you were oh, talking wow. to you, oh, okay. I got it right here. Wow, wow. Hold on. Yeah. Before you go, open court podcast. Rohan sat down with Chris Bosch for like fifty yes. minutes. Uh, went through all things game six, a lot of heat career, a lot of uh, not not so much about the book, more about just him and, and kind of his mentality and, and a lot. And they really went through the game. It was like a Bill Simmons rewatchables, except a lot better because it had Chris Bosch and Rohan. So it was it was it was really good. It was fun to relive that. And and Rohan, I, I have a bone to pick with you about where you watch the game. But other than that, yeah, it's, it's great. Oh, oh, I have a reason why I have a reason why. Okay. So Rohan watched the game from a Chili's, which is just so this this a Chili's in Coral the, Springs, which is probably this, like no, one no, of the no, gates no, no, of hell. No, 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 no. Listen, this part is cut out of the podcast. <laughs> oh, they, they censored you. Yes, they, they, they sandbagged me. Um, <laughs> I was so I was a Miami Herald intern that summer, and they asked me to go to Miami and talk to people going into the arena that night. Um and just do like a little man on the street stuff. Did Chris and Cody's father assign that to you or <laughs> <laughs> I didn't meet, I didn't meet uh, Greg Cody until after game seven. Okay. At the day of the break. <laughs> so, so uh, I'm interviewing people headed into the game. I watched the game at the Chili's not in Coral Springs, but at Bayside across okay. the street from the even arena. worse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not not the Hooters. So you had a choice. You had a choice at that point. It's Hooters or Chili's because that's that's all there really is at that Bayside. And it was like and it was like a a three quarters full Chili's at Bayside. And it was <laughs> that's like, sad. Are you so serious? Game six of the finals? No way. I know, dude. I know. And it was like I ate just a disgusting plate of food. <laughs> Your chicken tenders. 
Yeah. Oh, Chris Bosch gave you kids, kids meals. So, so yeah, I uh, yeah, I watched the game at Chili's at Bayside. Shout out to Bayside. I used to go to Bayside like whenever someone would visit uh, my family, we'd always take them to Bayside. That's such a turn. And I'd always make it is. And I'd always make my dad buy me a virgin uh, pina colada. So shout out to Bayside. <laughs> shout out to Bayside. It has a special place in my heart. Yeah. Yeah. No, listen, my, Miami staple. Uh, okay, Tiff, what, yeah. what were your? I, I had the, I had a bone to pick wrong. I had to ask him because I was like, what the? That, I expected more from you. I have. A You're a foodie. You're a foodie. You are like legitimately like someone's food opinions. <laughs> I respect Ron. Is a good cook. Ron posts on his Instagram these incredible meals. Sometimes I think that you're like food Instagram. And I was like, oh, shit, that's Ron. <laughs> I appreciate that. Listen, so I, I was working, you know. you Sometimes you just got to come up with something on the fly. But we also saw Sage Steel at uh, Starbucks that night. So some okay. more uh, at the lore. Bayside Starbucks. Yeah. Okay, okay. What you got? Okay. Next. Yeah, um, notes. No, well, you had talked about the, the mental fatigue aspect, and we'd already touched on that, but I actually had – Took a little note on that. Oh. But just like the humility that Bosch had when like you basically were like, oh, you were getting cooked by Duncan. And he just in, in the way that he went into it and he talked about it and then he talked about I can't remember if he said it was like a backdoor cut. It was some sort of cut that he made on him. And he was like, oh, shit. What? Like, I wasn't ready for that. Um, I wasn't ready for how much he remembered. But go ahead. Go ahead. No, but I, like talk about that a little bit. And like it takes like. It takes a lot of humility to just say, no, he was kicking my ass out there. I love Chris Bosch, and I think he's very secure in who he is and how his career played out. And I'm sure it's a little easier to look back on it now, knowing they won that game and won that series. But, I mean, it's funny because I knew I knew I wanted to bring that up because I was watching the game. And I remember Duncan had, had a big first half, and I'm watching it, and I'm like, man, like Tim Duncan is working these guys, and – it's not even like Bosch was playing bad. He's playing one-on-one against one of the greatest power forwards of all time. And it's Tim freaking Duncan. Like He knows what to do. He knows against any defense, et cetera. And Bosch's like memory of how good he was caught me off guard. Because I watched the game the night before. I didn't expect Chris to rewatch the game just for that podcast. But his memory of all the plays in the game was really cool. And it's, if you hit the nail on the head, like his – his like humility, he's so grounded in his ability, like you said, to be self-deprecating, to admit that they were fallible, to admit that they weren't a perfect team, uh, to admit that they went into that series not assuming they're going to win, like knowing it's going to be this crazy challenge. Re- really refreshing to hear, really cool to hear. And yeah, he like he remembered, like I remember that play because Duncan like all of a sudden darts into the paint and gets a dunk like kind of on Bosch. And, you know, Chris is like, yeah, I remember, like, I'm, I'm doing this, like, Boris Diaz here. And, you know, it, it's really cool. It was really cool how much he remembered about the game, uh, the level of detail he's willing to discuss that. And just me looking up some of the stats from that series, like, the, the Heat's most used three-man lineup, obviously the big three, they played 199 minutes together. Minus and seven. their net rating, negative 6.9. Crazy. Not, not nice. And not <laughs> nice. Crazy watching the series and seeing – how much LeBron is playing off the ball. I know that we always like to say, I brought this up on the podcast, that's the best version of LeBron. I really don't think it is. And just to see athletically, On on, on defense, he was. On defense, yes, and athletically, yes. But just think about the way he was hunting switches against Miami 
Oh, he's a genius uh, in the he's finals. A, he's a genius now. It was just a totally different. And at the, on the other hand, like the way Spo is using him, getting him moving off ball mm-hmm. is a testament to Spo and a testament to him getting LeBron to buy in because he has not played that way for a minute since um, the amount of work he's doing off ball, screening, uh, cutting, being a decoy, et cetera. It, it really was like watching a game from a time machine because it's so different. Um, and it was it was a lot of fun for me to talk to Chris Bosch about it. Certainly, one of my favorite things about like rewatching even plays or, or moments from those is like how how they use three guard lineups and that like really launch and and like Eric and and I really liked how you talked about Eric's changes like his coaching philosophy. I think Eric has such a I mean look that was a high pick and roll movement team right they they pounded high pick and roll a lot of inverted sets. Uh, a lot of three guard lineups, a lot of guard screens, stuff that he's carried with him to now. Now, I mean, guard screens and inverted sets. Well, we talked about it in a little bit in that podcast. Just guard screens, real quick. Chalmers guarding or screening yeah. for LeBron. They did yeah. it on on the biggest play of the finals in Game Seven when Chalmers screens for LeBron. LeBron hits his shot, causes MJ moment that clinched Game Seven in the finals. Um, that's because the Spurs uh, didn't want to switch, so Kawhi goes under the screen and it gives LeBron enough time to pull up. Uh, and hit that jump shot at the end of game seven, their best stuff that they were getting in this game and Van Gundy's on top of it. I know like people shit on that broadcast because of like him and Van, like Martin Van Gundy and Mark Jackson's tangents, but Van Gundy calls out every, but even to this day, like he calls out every strategic adjustment, like every substitution, he's he's on top of it. And uh, yeah, like in this game, like LeBron screaming for, screening for Chalmers, Chalmers screening for him. Like they, that was their best offense in game six. And Bosch mentions it like Chalmers was great. And he's right. I can't believe Rio never got back in the league. I, I don't know. The, I know the, got hurt, the injury. The, it was an Achilles, I think. Tough. It, it's tough because watching that series, watching that game, the degree to which he belonged on the floor and was essential. It's not like he's just thriving off the big three. Like their best lineups were when Wade and Bosch were off the floor. And, you know, so shout out to Mario. Can I speak a little bit about that? that Because that's like one of my favorite elements, like basketball wise. And that's like really like how I started to fall in love with like the like intricacies of basketball. So like what they what they used to love to do was they used to park Shane in the in the left or right corner. And what they would do is have Bosch set a screen and have Ray or Chalmers come off of it to then screen from LeBron. And whoever the other one was, they'd run a horn set, but it's inverted. So they have two guards up top screening for LeBron. You have... Bosch in the corner and then you have Batty in the other corner so all of a sudden you're playing in space and you have these two guards and you're just like well who's gonna flare where or who's or, or is one gonna roll right so now you have all this movement in your offense and you have LeBron who's a supercomputer with now two guards coming up to the level of the screen he has two bigs that you can't cheat off of Right. And, and, and even Bosch is a great off ball mover as well. And, and it's just like, how do you defend? Nobody did. I mean, really, that was one of the things. And, and unfortunately, that, that is Dwayne not being on the floor because, as you mentioned, I mean, Dwayne, you know, Danny Green was cheating off. Every, I mean, you, you could just help off Dwayne. But when they were clicking or when they would have a dive man and bird man, so they would run stuff where Bird and Ray would come up to the level, right? And they both set a screen uh, or, or they'd run some double drag or whatever. And all of a sudden, you have a guy flaring Birdman is one of the best. And it's like this, this, this Android. It would, be, it would be so fun to watch Spo coach that team in today's NBA. Cause it's like, mm. you know, maybe Dwayne is almost playing like bam, where he's doing handoffs at the elbow and mm. you have to respect him. Cause he can hit that mid range shot. Like he's basically 
playing a version of Bam for LeBron or LeBron is for him, et cetera. Bosch is only ever going to be in the corner or above the ba- break. He's never going to be hanging around. They'd probably the use him like Bam. I mean, they'd probably yeah, have him too, yeah. trigger a lot because he's a good passer. Not, not, he's not for a sure. Bam level passer. And, and the, and the mid range shot he had too. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, that allow that allows Wade to be the only guy in the paint. So it really is crazy to watch that series now. Cause you know, you, I wanted to talk about Spo with Bosch because um, this is a story I'm still chasing, and I hope to get to do it one day. Hopefully, before Spo becomes the coach of the Blazers. No, but, no, you're banned. No, um, no. Uh, you know, he Spo told me like he was like I had to apologize to players. I had to go to Dwayne's house and apologize to him in 2015 because of how obsessed I had gotten with the final result. And I think that 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 big three era, and I hinted at this with Bosch, like it mentally fried them in a way that it hasn't with any other team because they were so hated, because everyone wanted them to lose, because the attention was unlike any other team before. And I think by the end, they were all sick of it. And I think Spo was under an insane amount of pressure. And I think it, I think it, it was like a experience that fundamentally changed him that and to see him like get, remember how emotional he was after the, you know, conference finals, the turnaround season. I mean, remember the turnaround season? He had that press conference. He's just quiet. Oh, I remember. Like and then, you know, this year into the bubble, like breaking out into tears. I, I think the, I think that if not for the big three, like that experience, like I think actually weirdly really changed him, turned him into the coach he is now, where he's so much about development and, doing what's best for the journey. guys on the floor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really cool. It's really cool. And, uh, you know, it's always interesting talking to players about what he was like then. Rohan, nobody believed in him except for Dwayne Udonis and the front office. Yeah. Like nobody, like everyone was firing him four games into the, like, that's crazy. It was literally four or five games into the season and every television show was firing him firing him they're like no he can't handle it it's four fucking games into the season right he's uh he's to me like one of the most fascinating basketball figures that we know so little about and that's because he certainly (laughs) prefers it that way um but i think that the heat are very lucky and fortunate to have him in the organization so hopefully they're doing everything they can to we had uh keep him there ron i want to i want to loop you in on a conversation uh jack alfonso and i had uh, on locker room uh, the other day Spo is the most valuable person in the organization right now. I mean, I, I argue Jimmy and Bam because players, I'll always go player over, over coaches. But I think Jack and I both agreed that Spo at this point is probably more valuable than Pat. And I, I don't know if Pat would admit that. And I don't know if Spo would admit that, but I think we're there. I think you're right. And it's because Spo is, I think, a better conduit to players mm-hmm. than Pat is at this point in their careers. That's not because Wild. people don't respect Pat, but. You know, I think Spo both commands the respect because of what he's done, but also has the more personal touch that I don't think right. um, Pat has. And that's just because Pat's from a different era, the different school, whatever. Right. Um, yeah, he. I, that's a really astute observation. I think it's. I think it's probably Bam and Spo are the top two right now. That's no knock on Jimmy, who I love. It's just age. Jimmy's in a different part of his career. Th- yeah, that's right. literally it's just age. Yeah. And, you know, Spo is, that's a thing. It's like, 
why I get upset, why this is why I got upset at Hangover Time, and everyone was obviously so upset with <laughs> this year, and people calling the the front office incompetent and all this stuff. And I understand like everyone wants to see the team win. Everyone wants to see the team go. For David Ramil texted me upset at that. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you know the way they ended the season was bad. Like I'm not trying to sugarcoat that. It's more so that it's like you obviously are not going to win every year. And even the people who think that he go for it every year, that's not possible. Like that's not possible from a office perspective. Like as much as I would love to have Kyle Lowry on the team, like you can't actually trade Tyler Hero for Kyle Lowry. Like it's not that what? simple. It's just never that simple. I know. <laughs> what? I know that sounds crazy. It's not, it's not as simple as like, who's the better player. It really isn't. Um, that's not the job of NBA front offices. It's, but it's asset what management. I respect, yeah, which sucks, but that is in that case, game, it was right? asset management. Yeah. Yes, yes. And but my point is that it's like, but they still make it a point to be competitive every year. And I think Spo is so much of that that even if this team wasn't competing for championships, I mean, we've seen it what he's done with rosters that are, I don't, I deep down, I will fully believe that he prefers coaching though on those nights when there's only eight guys available or that 41 and 41 season, I I'm confident deep down. That's maybe the most satisfied he was in his career because like I'm in a way to me, like that is what is satisfying about this game and about this process for people like him. It's like drawing the best out of every situation. And that doesn't necessarily mean you win every time, but yeah, I, I just think that he's a really special person in the organization because he both understands the bottom line. Like you every time I've ever interviewed him for anything and he's talking about player development, et cetera. And he's like, listen, I know I get judged on the final result. I know that this is a, a business that is about winning. Like he, he both understands that, but is also able to, you know, see the bigger picture about the game. And it, that to me is it's, it's changed the way I think about the sport and cover the sport. I feel really lucky to be able to cover a guy like he's just he's just fascinating. I uh, Tiff, I mentioned yeah. um, mentioned Alf made fun of me because I, I I don't remember if I mentioned this on Hangover Time or a Potter locker room, but I was like, it's really fun to look at even something as as simple as you know dribble handoff possessions per season, right? Right, and and how you see that when Bam walks in the door and Kelly walks in the door, that number skyrockets. And when they weren't here and it was a Dion Dwayne, right? It was a lot of high pick and roll and how he just kind of blends. He juiced a top tiff. He got a top seven offense last year when they had two dudes who could dribble. Right. Yeah. That's crazy. It was motion and slips and guts and handoffs. It's a big I mean, power. he got he got he got things out of players we don't even hear about anymore. <laughs> James Jones. <laughs> yeah. James like Drew. you you know, when you look at it, like how many coaches can Tyler Johnson. Tyler, Tyler Johnson. Johnson. Big contract because of Spo. He makes yeah. people serviceable. A lot of people got to <laughs> that's still right, paying but, for some of that. But but you know what is, what is the mark of a great coach is identifying what someone does good yeah and makes it better. You can shoot. We're gonna figure out how to make you a shooter. 
You know, like that's literally the mark of a good coach. Sometimes organizations and and coaches and staffs will be like, okay, they'll get a guy like Duncan and say, well, how can we make you more well-rounded? Can you, can you run, pick and roll? Can you do this? And the heat went from taking an A shooter and making him an A plus plus shooter. That is, that's, listen, that's how you make finals. Well, and quietly, right. And quietly he's becoming a well-rounded player. How many dudes walk yeah, out like the that's door? That's the thing. How many dudes walk out the door here and are better? Yeah, rarely. Rarely. They come here to get paid and then... But yeah. Or we, even young guys that come yeah. in here. Josh, Beasley, Justice. I mean, we can go on. Like, a lot of dudes leave here and aren't as good. Chalmers. Can we um, Can we talk about Spo to Portland, by the way? Yeah, I mean, we, we talked a little bit. I mean... I, I think well, G said he's trading him. I didn't to Portland. say I didn't say a trade. <laughs> I thought uh, I thought Five Reasons reporting and what Christian Hernandez reported for us was pretty in sync that this is coming from Portland. This is Portland wanting the hottest person at the bar, not you know. I've been Portland before, uh, and and sometimes I think there's a little Spo doesn't want to talk think, to me. Well, there's I smoke. Think, I think there's a tiny bit of fire under the smoke. I think there's a tiny bit of fire. Is that a report smoke. or is that Rohan intuition? I, I okay, I can't say I'm reporting. <laughs> I definitely cannot okay, say I'm so reporting. It's, okay. Intuition. I, <laughs> it's intuition. I texted one person informed kind of intuition about it who kind of responded to me jokingly about it, but in a way that I was like, wait a second. I uh. I Mm. it's interesting I'm waiting for the national guys to pour gas on it like this is not my arena I'm not out here fighting for scoops or anything like that let's get Ethan to do it Ethan like, Ethan yeah put the wheels there's, out um, <laughs> there's I don't know I think that there is listen I'd be I'd be certainly very shocked if he left but I don't think I don't think there's a zero percent chance he leaves if I had to guess, not to be uh dose and say it could go either way. I just think that <laughs> all I'm saying the is deuces like, had this it, first, by the way, but uh, they, can they, someone explain that bit to me. It's not a bit. They're not, they, they have a podcast that well, they have the deuces podcast network and they have several podcasts. We've had, we've had a crab on the show before. So crab smut peddler and, and dose minutos. We've had both of them on <laughs> doses came on. Have a time. Crab uh-huh. came on a long time ago with clay Ferraro. So like they're talk- actually like reporting shit. Like they have. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they're, they're people. doing stuff. So crab. So, so dose tweeted. I'm trying to find the tweet. He had a spo report. Um, <laughs> okay. I thought that was a joke because I can never tell with him. What is a bit and what is not a bit. He's, he's always exhausted. So I get, okay. So the deuces can confirm that spo is aware of the Portland job opening and could possibly be interested if he felt circumstances were right. Spo has had discussions about coaching in Portland at some point. If he leaves to take the job at any point, we, we had it first. Okay. So I thought, I just assumed that he's like fucking around. Cause he always says that at the end of it. Why would you think, it. why would you think that he's fucking around? Because he's always like, we had it first, and it just feels like a bit. I mean, he just wants everyone to know that he had it first. I mean, that's listen, he's a the, the deuces is a small. You haven't heard them? No, I don't listen to the deuces. I did not tell you it was a podcast. No, they're good. I thought it was a joke that they had a podcast. No, yeah, they're 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 fun. It's a good listen. You should. Check I know. It out. I'm I'm like familiar with the dose, and he's like always tweeting about milk and shit. But like, <laughs> I honestly thought I honestly thought he was joking. What brand of milk? Podcast. <laughs> okay 
Um, but anyway, I think that Dose uh, may be onto something there because I've I've heard somewhat similarish things. Um, I don't know. I, I unless they offer him the president of basketball ops job or whatever uh, with the coaching position, I, I think that that I don't know if that gets it done, Rohan. I mean, I think and and I, Jack and I talked about this uh, on the pod slash soccer the other day. Like he is a guy that has a voice in this organization that matters. Right. And that's why I always push back of, well, Pat gave Spo like, you know, oh, Pat gave Spo nothing or me. Suppose in the decision, suppose in the room, I, I think Lebetard has been very, very good about his reporting and kind of telling up like the, everybody has like Nick and Spo and Pat and Andy, you know, they're doing this together. Right. This is not a Pat decides for you type thing. I mean, it, yeah, I've never, I've never gotten the vibe that Pat is like, this is what we're doing. Fall in everyone line. Get in line. Yeah. Spo has, I mean, that guy is probably the, I mean, after Pat, the most respected person in that organization, I'd imagine. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he's earned it. So I don't know. It, it'd be tough. I, I think that he knows that that president of basketball ops job will be his one day. Uh, like if he so wants it. So what's funny about that is I talked to an NBA uh, GM once who's pretty good friends with Spo, and I floated that by him. I was like, yeah, I, I imagine. And he was like, I think Eric's too competitive to ever want that gig. And this was a few years ago, so like I'm sure circumstances have changed, and and maybe that is something he he wants to do now. But that is interesting to me because that's what really shocked me about Stevens taking the Boston job is he always struck me as one of those guys who's just wired competitively in a way that he couldn't be that removed. Because um, it's it's a promotion, but not really. It's just kind of a different arena. So uh, yeah. It, for years, I've just assumed that wasn't really what Spo wanted, especially because, like you said, he has a voice in Miami. It's not like they are shutting him out of those conversations. So I'm I'm interested to see how this turns out. I'm interested to see what happens with Jimmy this summer as well. I, I do think that the, there's some balls in the air for the Heat right now, for sure. Tiff, where are you at with the Spo stuff? Because I haven't heard how you feel, and it's... I mean, well, let me just also say they can't afford to lose. Right, right. But I think that, like, I don't think he's going anywhere as of now. But like he's been with the Heat long enough to where he he deserves the right to window shop. He deserves the right to look and see what other people are offering. Like it's nice I, to know how much yeah. value you. Yeah. yeah, and it's nice to, and it's nice to know to go back and say, hey, these guys want me just to let you know. So, I I'd yeah. be I'd be do you, would you be shocked if he leaves? Honestly, I'd be like stunned. No. I'd be, st- I, I, would be. I don't think I, because the last year and a half has been so mentally, physically hard on every single person, not just athletes, but just every human on the face of the earth. Um, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I, I would be the most shocked that sports has left me. It would leave me stunned. I, I, I mean, I, I think Dwayne leaving shocked me, but there was more smoke. That, I mean, I, this would legitimately right. be like, I cannot believe that. And that would be like an organizational failure that I don't know how they recover from. You know what? I don't I think, you know, sadly, they need him right now more than he needs them. Yeah. But but let's be realistic. It's not. I don't know about that either. Organi- I, I'm just yeah, saying. Uh, I'm Fez just saying. Just I, I, I go ahead. Fez just tweeted at Dose. Just heard Rohan taking credit for. Your story. 
Everybody's coming for shout you. Out to Fez. Saying, I didn't take credit. I'm assuming it's. I just assumed it was a farce. <laughs> shout out to shout out to Fez. No, yeah. but I, I'm being I'm being honest. I think they need him right now more than he needs them. Listen, there's openings everywhere. He can he could say goodbye right now and leave. <laughs> there's no one right now on that market that can walk in with the gravitas. Pat, with, <laughs> Pat's the only guy. Exactly. No one else can walk yeah. in as of tomorrow. You know, fast, everyone will walk out of that gym except J- Dwayne would be calling Jimmy like, get out. <laughs> can you? Okay. I don't want Spo to leave, but if he did, and that means Pat Riley's like, Fuck it, I'm coaching. There's no. Could you imagine? That would be awesome. That I would sign up for. I would sign up for Pat Riley being like, I'm trading Bam for her. Anthony Davis are doing some crazy shit for Dame and for Dame. Yeah, for Dame. I'm just being like, no, trading Spo for Dame. Take this, take this, Eric, and I'm coaching one last year and like one last cutthroat move. That would be sick. That'd be the most Godfather gangster shit ever. Let me say that I'm pro Pat Riley trading Spo in the event that it means he coaches one more season. Yeah, Cartelian in chat says, "G, read the tea leaves." Pat at the end of the season questioning Spo's use of Bam and looking for a big. I think that they have that. We said this at the time. I think that they have the kind of relationship and they all have the job security that they can. Uh, that, Tiff, I think it was you that said that's not the first time Spo has heard that. Right, he was right. not learning that Pat felt this way, and uh, <laughs> right, they, they, I, I think the communication there is is good, and, and that's legitimate friendship. They also like all they talk about is how they value open communication. Like, right, all like every, that's open. Every story is like every story is like we want Jimmy Butler to get mad at people in practice. Like we want. You know, not too mad, but, <laughs> not yeah, too but point being, like, yeah, like I don't think. You know, all of a sudden, suppose like what? Like Pat has questions about Pat had questions about what he was doing against the Spurs in the finals when, you know, and and that's because Pat once again like understands basketball through a different lens. <laughs> so I think that yeah, I think that that's pretty normal. But it's interesting. So real quick, want to kind of put a bow on on the Chris Bosh stuff. Um, he is a guy like him. Tim talking about like, and we we kind of veered off into Eric Fulster talking. I mean, suppose <laughs> Spo is that was my fault. That's my fault. Ron, I just kind of want to bring it together, and then I want to get into the Dwayne stuff a little bit before we go because we're really pushing time. The that you you hit it. That was one of the most captivating stories, not just in sports but anywhere of the modern era, right? It really was birthed with social media, right? Like this boom mm-hmm. of Twitter and, and kind of the way that we could not just consume content, but news in our lives and our experiences kind of came up with that team. Nobody's been covered. LeBron took all that shit so that it would never have to happen to anybody else after him. Cause it, it really hasn't to that degree. I mean, let's not forget. And I say this a lot, the fans in Cleveland threw batteries at him and they put his face on urinals and the media main mostly were, were behind those people right that's not the case anymore and that all happened with chris bosh publicly crying in a locker room after a regular season loss right it's Dwayne getting frustrated it's it's Dwayne and spo exploding against each other on the sideline in an Indiana series that looked like everything was over, right? And the idea of super teams does not exist if they don't win. When they're down in Boston and they're the blue, as Dan Lebitard says all the time, blueprint on the line, those guys deliver. And I don't know. It's just, Ron, like you, you have covered them extensively and it's as fascinating 
an experience ever. And it's like, I, 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 you, how did you feel like retroactively experiencing this over 10 years later with one of the principals? It's that the best part about that team, and I told Chris this, the best part about that team is every year you thought they could lose. Yeah. That's what, that's what even makes them different than like the Warriors or maybe the 90s Bulls is they're not as great as those teams, but they're more interesting because you're like, Oh man, they might really lose. And like that was really cool. You know, I wanted to, I want to see if I can find this. Sorry, I'm awkwardly like typing with one hand here. <laughs> no, you're good. Is uh <laughs> is, I gotta get you a mic stand. You mentioned you mentioned I do need to get a mic stand. I'm pretty sure SI has like sent me one and I totally lost it. Um <laughs> he people send you. <laughs> I need to find um a Wade interview that I did for Jimmy Butler. Because oh, that one was good. Went that Jimmy story because he there's a long story in there, um, that he tells me about Spo that I don't think, uh, um, that Dwayne tells you about Spo or Jimmy, yes, that, that Dwayne tells me about Spo and it has to do with you know their relationship. And I'm not gonna be able to find it right now, but I'll, I'll try to find it for you guys. But that it was a really cool quote about how him and Spoke grew together and how they kind of had to go through that experience um, and how much their relationship changed over the years. You told that on this pod. Unfortunately, didn't make it into the story. Um, but yeah, man, I, that team in general, it was so... I As a fan, you wish they won more, but it almost was more entertaining because they didn't. It was more entertaining because of the hatred, because of the ups and downs, because of all the times they were down 3-2, because of all the times it looked like Indiana was going to win. Um, oh, Think of the you know opponents, I, Rohan. It's yeah. it's Cowtown, Indiana. It's a very white city in Boston, right? It's, yeah. it's, it's just the Spurs who are this traditional homegrown team. It, it's yeah. the Mavs homegrown, you know, like... As I, as I told Chris Bosh, when... Anytime the Heat were playing somebody in the playoffs, it was like no other team had ever signed a free agent before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, it it's was really like legit. Yeah. But that kind of tiff, that cultural clash between Pacer fans and Heat fans and Celtic fans, and, and just like right. the way that they, that, listen, that shit creates interest in the league. Yeah. Yeah. That's why it was fun. I hated those people. Fun. I fucking hated all of them. I hated all. I hated all those dumbass Pacer fans with those dumbass yellow shirts. I hated everybody. I hated them. I was a fan. I was like, fuck these people. I don't like you know them. Who I really, you know who I really like, though? Frank Vogel. Um, I actually really like Frank Vogel. I've been in LA for a couple of years. And when I interviewed We Frank lost him, Tiff. My, Tiff, we lost him. Yeah. Well, when I interviewed This is why I like Frank Vogel. I interviewed him for my Anthony Davis story. Does he know that he I looks like Joe Gatto from the Impractical Jokers? <laughs> does oh my God. so when i was interviewing frank vogel i was like yeah man like i've been a heat fan you've really been a pain in my ass for so long now and he's like what are you talking about the heat always won and, I was like, oh, that's nice and so after the anthony davis you know interview i'm like you mind if i ask you some heat basis questions and we're talking about the series and um it's so cool like hearing him talk about it because now he's obviously coaching lebron but he was like he was like that year it went to a game seven, which I think was 2013 was the year. It went Both to of game them seven two the went to a game seven, 2012, the 20, the, the last two went to game seven, I think. 
Oh, really? 2014 went to a game? Did it? I don't remember. No, I don't. Mm. I think that one they won in six because the Pacers at home court. Yeah, they blew him out. You're right. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And so he was like, yeah, that year went to a game seven. He's like, I really thought we'd found something. I thought we were going to beat him and come out and beat us in that game. And he he told me another thing, which is cool that he thinks this way. I respected this. And he was like, let me leave you with this. He's like, in 2015, if Paul George doesn't get hurt and... And we re-signed Lance Stevenson. He's like, we make it to the finals that year. And I was like, ooh, spicy take. And I think about it. I'm like, Cleveland was gettable that first LeBron year. Yeah. Hmm. And the Pacers were really good. I mean, Lance that year, like, had all those triple doubles in Charlotte. Yeah. Um, PG didn't even play. And it was funny. That was was a broken leg year? It was, yeah. Yeah. And he was like, like, I think we even win the finals. And I was like, ooh, like, Hibbert against the Warriors would have been interesting. And he's like, the Warriors won that year? And I was like, yeah. He's like, okay, we probably don't win the final. <laughs> we make it. We make it. <laughs> we get there. We get there. So I was like, okay, man, Frank, you're a cool dude in my book. Uh, it's um, uh, real quick, Rohan, on, on the Dwayne thing, uh, you interviewed him about the cube. Uh, I, I There's one thing I want to say. He calls you Ro? You're like that with him? Uh, okay. He either calls me Ro because we're like that or because he, he doesn't know how to say Ro and I don't no, know which I, one it is. I think I think it's because your boy, he even <laughs> says in the article, this this article felt more of a flex for you than an interview of Dwayne Wade. It, it was a little self-serving, I'm not going to lie. It was a little like I was like, Jesus, SI publishes, this is like, sounds like some shit you put on your blog. <laughs> like, it's just, man, look how cool I am. D-Wade calls me Ro. He's complimenting you and you're just like, Thanks. <laughs> it wasn't just like thanks. I was like, thank you so much. I mean, I'm showing this to my mom. Thank you so I much. Think I played it cool. No, it's not. Yeah, I just that's what that was my main takeaway. <laughs> Listen, he's awesome. I watched the cube while I was at home, and it's it's crazy to just like I told I did tell Dwayne this um, that it's been really cool. I think to watch him in this part of his life, uh, just like using his platform in an awesome way, like. Uh, enjoying himself. Like, I'm just glad he's having fun. I told him, I was like, I'm glad you're not like out here boxing people. Right. Uh, <laughs> he, he just is like living a very full post NBA life in a way that feels like authentic to him. And I told him like, it would have been so easy for him to embarrass himself on TNT, embarrass himself on this show. Like he could have just not been doing too much. And it's, it doesn't feel like he's trying to hang on. It just feels like he's having fun, and I think that that's really cool. Did, yeah. did he? I, I don't, did anything get cut out of that? Is about that interview? Like, did he talk about like kind of being a father in this age, especially after COVID and everything that's going on with his daughter? He's so wonderfully supportive of her in a way that I, what I think is always interesting is that he leaves Instagram comments on yeah. for those things, yeah. which it, I, I you know I'm like, man, he's he's inviting a lot, but I mean, he's like not scared of it, and he's being loving and supporting. To his wonderful daughter. I didn't did he talk about that and that get cut out or I didn't talk I asked about it once before. I think it was ahead of his um jersey retirement. I remember being like, <clears throat> Are you scared? Because I think a lot of people in his position it they're afraid to say the wrong thing. Yeah. And what I'm really impressed about, you know, him and uh Gabrielle Union are that they're they're not afraid to speak about these things. I remember asking him that once, like, what's that experience like? Because like you said, it's drawing responses. Like people who have right. like, no business talking about other people's families, like right, get right. really, really fucking weird about it. And 
he just was like, yeah, like it is scary, but you just do your best to educate yourself. Um, you do your best to talk to people who know what they're talking about. And I think right. that's, what's been really like, what really makes them a great example about why it's not hard to like talk about trans rights or, or talk about this like marginalized group of people. Like I think people get scared about it, right? Because they're not exposed to, you know, this group of people often and they don't know what they're going through. And they're like, this is so far removed from my life. Like I I don't even want to go near this like topic, et cetera. And he's like, no, like you just, you learn. All you can do is put yourself in a position to learn. I, I think that's, what's been really cool is like, he was on that I am athlete podcast and he like knocked it out of the park and you can see like people's minds changing in real time. On that is show that the, the football about. one with, uh, it with is. Brandon Marshall yeah. where he's I, angrily yelling like, at people? Yeah. yeah, it really is. But I honestly, the discussion they have about like being a father on that show is genuinely moving. And if you are listening to this and you haven't listened to that yet and you, you really want to see Dwayne Wade, like get into it and him talking about like, you know, my wife and I were like, had this conversation years ago. Like, what if, and you know, I, I had a moment where I was like, I looked in the mirror and I, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but he was like, I can either make this about me or make this about my kids. It's genuinely moving. It it was really moving. And I think that I told him, I was like, I'm a bigger fan of you now than I was during your playing career. I feel the same. uh, You know, the way you, what you're doing right now is so cool. So it's been awesome to see him like, just be an authentic version of himself in this phase of his life. And, it's fun for me interviewing him. Like he's, he's loose. Like, you know what I mean? Like your friends calling you Ro. Ro. I don't even call you Ro. <laughs> Listen again. I don't know if it's a, a term of affection or he's never said the word. If Rohan he sees you in way, public in a non COVID pandemic, is he, are, are you guys having like a, you know, like a little hug or like, how is this going? Okay. So you're at Nobu. Him, you walk into Nobu and Dwayne is, is trying to get a table. You say, what do you say? Hey D and you guys dap. Like, how does this go? I think, okay. Okay. I'll give you two examples, real world examples. When, so I interviewed him for my SI stories last year. And the next day I was at heat practice, you know, doing some interviews for the story. He saw me and gave me a fist bump. Okay. Okay. That was pretty cool. Um, but mm-hmm. then it was like, you know, I just saw him the day before. It would be weird if he forgot me. Right. <laughs> uh, one time he was at a Lakers game, and it was the first year post-retirement, and he was on the floor, and I went up and said hi to him, and he was pretty cool about it. But it was like a lot of people were saying hi to him. So I don't know. I really don't know. Um, maybe we'll bump into each other in L.A. one day, and I can report back what it would go like. But the thing is, usually when I'm interviewing him, he's been prepared to know. Would he be nicer to you or George Sedano? (laughs) Probably Sedano. Really? I think you. Sedano's got years... Sedano's got years in the game, man. This, I, this, got I gotta ask George if, if Dwayne knows who he is. I feel like Dwayne knows you. <laughs> I think so. I, I don't know. I gotta I check. So. I gotta, I gotta, you know, Illinois' finest, Tiff, right? You, you and Dwayne. That's right. <laughs> I say it all the time. I say it all the time. By the way, shout out to George Sedano. What a hardworking I love nice that man. dude. That dude. Who takes yeah. way too much shit from Heat Twitter. Oh, but, but he leans into it for us. He's doing <laughs> he this for the he good. Does. He's doing He's it for good, the good of Heat Twitter. He's a good heel. He's a good yeah. heel. Let me tell you something. That guy does not, when we were nobody, I mean, we're still nobody, but when we were like really nobody 
And he would come on our pod, no questions asked, engages all our stupid jokes. And Rowan, you know, all we're, I mean, we, this is built on stupid jokes. It really is. It and really is. he would come on. R.I.P. Bumpy Johnson. R.I.P. <laughs> he would come on and engage in all that. He would fill in for Dan and he'd talk about Lefty Leif and, and Alf and all, like on the radio. He went on ESPN one day and said, my friend used to say, magical QB world. Shout out to Spoon. <laughs> he tw- like he's just a good guy who always made time for people that he knew were working hard and wanted like I don't know I I, I love and respect him so much I mean yeah. he he Big, is genuinely fan. absolutely a Very great cool person guy. even though he relentlessly makes fun of me i'm <laughs> like you ro ro you cool dude you and me baby what uh, an earnest what an earnest turn for this end of the spot i'm loving it yeah I'm loving no I've, I've been emotional this season ro everybody makes fun of me they ask if i'm gonna yes. cry or whatever it's, yeah, listen, I, it's, it's been a long it's been year weird. it's been a long year i think the heat are better off having their season ended when it did to be perfect it's, it's, it's maybe it's, to you we yeah. lost a lot of money <laughs> i mean that's a lot I'm of sorry. content we sorry missed. about how much money you guys i mean yeah. these motherfuckers really <laughs> You know, if you run a couple more dribble handoffs to Lopez and drop, baby, you know, we've, we've been doing shows right now and, you know, we'd have a couple hundred viewers. So, <laughs> damn it, G. Ro, I love and appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much for, for making an extended time amount of time for us. Listen, no, I, anytime. Thank you guys for always like supporting my work. It means so much to me. I, I mean this from my heart. Like, anytime I'm writing like anything about the heat, I try not to go over the top with how much I write about them, but like all I care about is that Heat fans enjoy that work and are able to get something out of it. And you guys are always supporting me anytime I write stories like that. And it's awesome, man. It's a lot of fun. So I appreciate you guys truly. Check out Rohan on Twitter, all his work at SI, the podcast, uh, everything you do for 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 basketball is great. And 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 thank yeah. you so much. Remember. To check out our Pride merch shop I'm gonna throw yes. it. Uh, we have a we have a special we have a special thing coming. It's next Tuesday, right, Tiff? Tuesday. 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 We have a special guest for a big uh, Pride celebration giveaways, slander, you name it. Uh, <laughs> a heapy favorite, uh, a, a really a, a a pillar of Miami sports is coming on to celebrate with us and and to get to giveaways and we're gonna do a lot of cool stuff. So make sure you check us out next Tuesday. Hangover time, following whatever I'm game. Excited shit. Oh, it's yeah, it's, yeah, it's gonna be fun, Ron. Yeah. yeah, we've been Tiff has really spearheaded a lot of what we've been doing this month, and it's gone incredible. Brian, shout out to designing the shirts. Uh, too, mm-hmm. too much dismay and and a lot of back and forth emails, but my guy came through, brother. Um, and we're gonna be in the locker room tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. Tiff and I, we're gonna because we didn't get to it. We're gonna I'm gonna talk about why uh, Julius Randle's a fucking fraud. The headlines remind us daily: the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing, but you know better, and your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over 3 million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not ready hour foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. 
Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com. 